it's so exciting to be uh, finishing off um, this, uh, th- this, this mini-series that we've had on the, on the Kingdom of God. And uh, uh, what I want to look at today, uh, this morning, is the whole subject of healing, um, which is quite an emotive subject, quite a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a massive subject. And uh, especially when you think that uh, we contend for healing so much, don't we? Because we, we live in, in, in the tension of the now and not yet. And I would say more so with healing. And I, when I'm going to be talking about healing, I don't just want us to be thinking physical healing, even though lots of the illustrations that I will be bringing will be about physical healing. But God is a God who heals, and he heals emotionally. He, he heals physically there are relationships being restored. That is healing. What we've been hearing about this morning so far, the promises of God, they speak of hope and they speak of healing. So we need to understand that, that the tension that we live in with the now and the not yet, yes, physical healing, because I think that's the one that seems most obvious to us at times, but, but healing is, is it's kind of needed in all areas of, of kind of life, isn't it? You know, so we need to be aware of that. So please, when I'm talking about healing, I, I want you to be thinking um, about that. Uh, but it is a sensitive subject uh, because we all desire to see more of it. When, when uh, uh, we look at the people that we know, um, when we look, look at our friends and our family, uh, no doubt you can think of someone or know someone who, who is in need of healing, is maybe unwell, is going through a difficult time. And, and, and we see that, and sometimes we look at it and we say, we, say, we don't understand. God, I, I don't understand. What it's going. Can I say, it's okay to say that. It is okay. You know, God is God, and God is, God is huge, and, and, and God is just wonderful. And, and, and I'm realizing the more I get to know God, and the more I get to know about God, the less I actually know. Because I'm coming to an understanding just, just how big God is. You know, and in my youthful arrogance, I'd be just like, oh, I can know it all. And, you know, I read it through, you know, and it's like, no, it's this way, it's this way. And then gradually you begin to realize it's not. And, and even last week, God just sideswiped me. And, and, and I just went, wow, I'll tell you more about that in a bit. But we do believe as Christians that God heals, don't we? Yay. Yeah. And, and, and we believe it, and yet we live with the tension of not always seeing it. What, what, what is that all about? And, and I think no more, is, is, as I said, is the kingdom of God, the now and not yet, the kingdom of God demonstrated more than, than often in the area of physical healing. Because there's, there's wonderful promises in Revelation 21 and, and, and the other scriptures that we see, you know, these, these great promises, you know, there'll be no more tears, no more sickness, no more pain, no more death, no more suffering. And we say, okay, God, that's great, but what about now? Because I ache today, and I'm sore today, and, and, and I'm having to take that tablet for the condition that I have today. So, 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 so how does this work? And so we live in, in, the, in the not yet, uh, sorry, in the now, but we know that the not yet is to come, but then we see glimpses of the not yet in the now, in healing. And there's a tension. And it becomes very emotive when we talk about healing. Because it does affect those around us. Smith Wigglesworth, if you, if, if you have ever done any reading around Smith Wigglesworth, this will please Tony. If, if Tony's, there you go. Uh, well, yeah, there you go. I, I knew you'd say it. I knew you'd say it. 
Smith Wigglesworth, no one would question that man's faith. Great man of faith. In fact, his theology, I would say, you know, went so extreme in terms of, you know, if you only believe, um, then you would be healed. And yet you go, if you read the reports of some of his, his kind of evangelistic rallies and his healing meetings, there he was praying for the sick. People were being healed. You know, I mean, limbs were growing, which is great. And yet his eyesight was so bad that without his glasses, he couldn't see where he was. And, they were, and his daughter was deaf. And she never got healed. He was living with the, the now and not yet. And they said, and, sometimes, and maybe it was just humbling that he was there on a platform with multitudes there, fumbling for his glasses, calling out his daughter's name, which was Alice, but in his broad Yorkshire accent, Alice, Alice! He's going, Alice, Alice! And she couldn't hear because she was looking somewhere else and was unaware that he couldn't find his glasses and he's calling for her. And, and, and people are laughing Because here is this great man of faith, preaching healing, struggling to find his glasses to be able to see what he's got to bring and a daughter that can't hear him. And often it was reported that he would just touch her ears at home and in different settings and just, please, Lord. But in God's wisdom, we don't understand why her healing was never restored, her hearing was never restored. So there's that tension, isn't there, of, of, of the now and the not yet. And what happens is sometimes with healing is, is, is when things don't happen, because we're like this, we're inquisitive, aren't we? You know, when things don't happen, when they don't go off, we want to understand why. So we start to say, well, there must be a reason why that person hasn't got healed. There must be a, person, a reason why that person is sick. So we start to clutch and we start to look at things. And we say, well, we need to understand this. So we want a better explanation as, as to how maybe it can, it can happen. Either why it's happening this way or how we can draw healing down for ourselves. And then we get into an interesting area because then we begin to get into differing areas even in theology. And this can be dangerous because sometimes we start to seek a methodology rather than the healer himself. Because the backdrop to all of this, God is the God that heals. He is the healer. And what I'd like to do this morning in the time that we have, and this is a massive subject, we could spend a month on this, but... I'd just like to draw out just a few things. I, I, I want to look at the points. Some of the causes of sickness, scripturally. And then I want to look at some of those differing methodologies in response. And we'll look at what the Bible has to say on those. Okay? So that's, that's the aim for this morning. We're going to get straight into it because of time. So firstly, I want to say, what are the things that cause Sickness. Well, if you turn to Psalm 32, David said this. Psalm 
How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to thee. And my iniquity I did not hide. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And he forgave me. And he forgave the guilt of my sin. There's a sense there that David is saying that actually that, that there, there was almost sickness upon him because of sin. And unconfessed sin. And we see that when we get into the New Testament as well. If you have a look in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. You see there that actually that, that the outworking of sin amongst them was there was an outbreak of sickness within the church. And there were times when Jesus was walking around well, where the question came, you, you know, well, is it this person's sin that has caused sickness? And we can understand from Scripture that actually in some instances there is a direct, there is a direct link between sin and sickness. It's there. We see it in the words. There's a danger, and we'll come to this in a bit in terms of looking at methodologies, that if we begin to assume that all sin, sorry, all sickness is a consequence of sin, that could become very condemnatory. But we have to understand that sometimes the source of our sickness is sin. In our lives, or sometimes sickness in the church can be as a result of sin somewhere in the church. And we need the discernment of God to know. So sin can be a cause of sickness. In Genesis chapter 3, if you turn to Genesis chapter 3 very quickly, we're going to do a a, a whistle-stop tour backwards and forwards through the scriptures. We'll do that, but this is good because, as I said, this is to be grounded in God's word. Not in any one methodology, not in any one idea. We have to draw our theology from Scripture. Our understanding from Scripture. So you know the story, the fall of man, Adam and Eve, they've sinned. And a consequence of the sin was that God then spoke judgment over them. He cursed the serpent, and then in verse 17, he said, And then to Adam, he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and you have eaten from the tree, about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your face. You shall eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And then straight after that, we get into the story of Cain and Abel. After that, we get, and what we see is we see story after story of, of suffering. We see story after story of difficulty. We see, we, we, we see challenges with people. We see sickness coming in. Why? Because it's a result of the fall. We are living in the time post the fall. We are living in fallen bodies. These bodies are subject to decay. These are not resurrection bodies. I wish my body was a resurrection body already. I do. 
I've been looking at that because this afternoon I've got the privilege of speaking in Tenterden on, 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 on what will our lives be like. And I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, this is fantastic. The things that I can do, the things I will feel, the things I won't feel. That's so exciting. But that's not now. My body is getting older. I creak more. I ache more. I am subject to sickness because of the fall. And so often when we look around and we see sickness, it's just it's a consequence of living in this time post the fall, but pre the resurrection body. We're living in the now, not yet. Do, do you see? And we've got to be careful again when we're looking at it. Because sometimes we look at it and say, well, have you sinned? No, I'm getting older. There's a bug going round. You know? I don't think, like, I was, there was a football team yesterday and a third of their squad was unable to play because of a sickness bug. I don't think that the manager was going, right, who sinned? Who is it? I'm, it's just, there was a sickness bug going around. And sometimes you've got to be careful not to over-spiritualise things. Do, do, do you understand? Yes, it's a consequence of the fall, but, but there are bugs. We live in a world that's fallen. In Luke chapter 13, verse 10. Jesus encounters a lady with something called dropsy. As my Bible says it, dropsy, that's interesting. I didn't know what dropsy was. Apparently, it's, it's, it's swelling and inflammation caused by fluid that can't kind of move around the body very well. So it causes swelling um, uh, in your feet and your hands. And I was looking at photographs of it on, on the internet yesterday, trying, so you could see someone, uh, you know, uh, before and after photographs of, of someone with dropsy. And it's just, it's, it's swelling. It's, this is what this lady had. And, and, and we might look at that and we might say, well, that's just very physical. That's a very physical thing. But, but, but Jesus, in, in, in Luke 13, verse 10, it says, And Jesus was teaching um, in the synagogues on the Sabbath. And, and behold, there was a woman who for 18 years had a sickness caused by a spirit. And she was bent double, and she could not straple up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your sickness. So, I have to look at that, and I think, well, there's another cause of sickness. Satan. We have an enemy. And sometimes sickness is caused by our enemy. A direct assault. We need to understand that. We're not just flesh and blood. We're not just fighting against flesh and blood. We're spiritual beings. There's a very real spiritual world out there. And sometimes this is spiritual. This is spiritual attack. And we need to understand that. Jesus, in this instance, he didn't say, well, here's the practical, you know, go away and stop doing this or take that, whatever. He, he, he said, actually, no, this is caused by a spirit. And he dealt with the spirit. And we see that throughout, uh, throughout the Gospels as well. When Jesus was going around, we see this at the birth of the early church. You know, at times, they, went around, they cast out demons. 
We see issues of mental health where it said that people weren't in their right mind. And, and, and then all of a sudden, they were sitting there completely in their right mind. What had happened? Jesus had cast out demons. So when we're talking about causes for sickness, we have to be very careful because actually the, the, the Bible teach, what the Bible teaches us is actually there are many causes of sickness. Therefore, if there are many causes of things, it could be, could it be that maybe there are different solutions? There is one healer, but there might be different approaches. Do, do you see where I'm going with this? Because this is important for us to understand. Because otherwise, well, we get into an area where, where we start to go, well, everything's a demon. And there are places where it is like that. You cough, we need to cast it out of you. I'm not sure that's very healthy. <laughs> it's certainly not biblical. So what are the different methodologies in response to sickness? What, what, what's out there? What, 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 what are people saying? You know, I've quoted Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth, yeah, I, I would not stand here and say, you know, Smith Wigglesworth, you, you know, I would not want to knock or rubbish anything that God has done there. Please understand what, what I'm saying. You know, God chooses to bless what God chooses to bless because he is God. But the point I'm trying to make here, we cannot draw our theology from methodology. Do, 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 do you see? We can't look at the methods and go, right, that's it, guys, because that method works. Therefore, that's the No, we have to go back to the Bible. This is the authoritative word of God. This is it. Whether you choose to read it or not, whether you choose to believe it or not, that isn't going to change that fact. It's God's word. And anything else that deviates from that deviates from truth. That's it. So when I was looking at this and this whole thing of the kingdom of God and healing, I, I, I just had to go scripture to scripture to scripture, example to example. I, I, do you know what? The Bible's full of examples of, of, of healing. And if I was drawing them from my own experience, I, I, I'll tell you what, I would get into a muddle very quickly. Because my experiences have changed. I was somewhere last week where a lady who we've watched deteriorate with an illness into a wheelchair. When she gets out and walks, can't lift her feet off the ground. And as we were worshipping last week, I looked to the right, and she was stood. And then she walked to the front. And she said, I don't understand it. In the worship, my legs started to tingle. I went out. And they work. I mean, she said, she said, uh, she said I don't deserve this. <laughs> you, know, you know what my week's been like? I don't deserve this. And that, do you know what I foolishly said? Yeah, you do. But actually, I go back to you. No, she doesn't. <laughs> It was the grace of God. We weren't even praying for... We, I hadn't prayed for her for a couple of days. You know, we do pray for her regularly. I haven't been praying for her for the, last couple of, the previous couple of days. Not for her to get well. No one else was laying hands on her and praying for her. It hadn't been happening. You know, we weren't in the context of the right atmosphere. Or, or, do you know what? God just showed up and said, I love you, daughter. <laughs> Have some mobility back in your legs. That's grace. That's God. 
He's the one who heals. Isn't that tremendous? Oh, you know, I'd love to see more of that. I don't care if healing th- flows through these hands. I know scripturally it can, and I'm excited, and, and I'm passionate about seeing healing flow through these hands, but I need to acknowledge the one who heals. It's him. It's not me. It's not you. It's him. I'd love it if we were just sat in, and people just, I'm healed. People come to I mean, wouldn't that be fantastic? I want to see more of that. So let's just look at some of these methodologies. How are we doing? Oh, we're doing fine. Brilliant. So, First point is this, you know, some people would say that your healing is directly linked to your faith. Either the faith of the healer or the faith of the one to be healed. Luke 18, verse 35. You know, the story there of Bartimaeus. And and, uh, a blind Bartimaeus, uh, 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 what does Jesus do? Jesus graciously, you know, he heals him. And what does he say to him? He says, your faith has made you well. Okay, I get that. His faith has made him well. So, there's a method. Faith. In Luke 8, verse 40, you know, the, the, the lady who, who, who was bleeding, she was hemorrhaging, you know, and, and, she, and she just touches Jesus, his cloak. He knew something had happened. Power had gone from him. He, he knew something had happened. But, 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 but then he, he said, and it's her faith that has healed her. So, so I get that. Actually, throughout the New Testament, I see there are examples of faith causing people to be healed. Another thing people might say is, well, not only do you need faith, you need atmosphere. You need the correct atmosphere. Mark 1, verse 45, you read the first couple of chapters. I mean, I love the book of Mark. It just kind of explodes to life, doesn't it? And Jesus, bang, and he's healing, and he's delivering, and he's doing all these wonderful things. And I think, this is so exciting. You know, I like action movies, and Mark, for me, is the action movie of, 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 of the four. You know, it's, it's just wonderful. And, and, and it's doing this, you know, and you think it's great. And, and there was just so much. You get this impression at the end of Mark Kind of one. There was so much happening. People were bringing sick people to Jesus. They, 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 they were just all their troubles. They were the place was buzzing. I mean, the atmosphere must have been tremendous. You know, sometimes we read it and think, well, one person was brought through a crowd, and there was just you know, last week when when what we witnessed witnessed. It was in the context of two other people sharing testimony about what God was was doing. There, there, there wasn't. I don't think there were many dry eyes in the room. There was an atmosphere of faith, you know. You kind of felt like we could, anything could have happened. And it kind of did. But do, 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 do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, yeah, it was like that. Jesus, at that point, people were just excited. There was something happening. So we say, well, okay, if we can create the right atmosphere, let's get, let, let's get the worship band together. Let's get the right number of testimonies. Let's get it again. And it will all be fine. And we create that atmosphere of faith. And yeah, There's nothing wrong with that because Jesus seemed to minister within that. But for both of these, if that's the only way, how do you handle Mark chapter 3? Let's look at it. Mark 3 verses 1 to 6. 
And it says, and he, Jesus, entered again into a synagogue. And a man there, what was there, with a withered hand. So here we go. Jesus has been going around healing. A man comes in. He's got a withered hand. And they were watching him to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. That's an atmosphere changer. They weren't full of faith and excitement and enthusiasm and saying, God can do anything. They were looking to catch him out. It was a hostile environment. There was not a lot of faith going on at that point in time. They were actually hoping something, he'd kind of hang himself because they wanted to get him. Did did you see? It wasn't a Sunday morning. It was a a Saturday night on the high street (laughs) type scenario. And he, Jesus, said to the man with a withered hand, rise and come forward. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save a life or to kill? But they kept silent. And after looking around at them with anger, with anger, Jesus was a bit wound up with what was going on. Did did, did you see? So we've got a situation here. The atmosphere isn't great. Jesus is wound up. Um, You know, he's not here. And there's a guy with a withered hand. It doesn't say that he'd come to Jesus. He was just there. So Jesus had spotted the man with the withered hand. He was using it as a teaching point. The crowd were angry and aggressive towards him. Jesus was getting wound up at their silence and just their attitude. This whole thing was going on. And what happens? He was grieved at their hardness of heart. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored. In the midst of not a very pleasant atmosphere, God healed. Not a huge amount of faith kicking around. Not a huge amount of good atmosphere kicking around. But this guy was healed. And the result of this wasn't fantastic. Actually, what happened is, as it says, that afterwards the Pharisees went out immediately and began to work out how they might kill and destroy Jesus. That was the result. We went home last week, we were rejoicing and we were singing. These guys, they went, oh, look at that man's here. Right now, we're going to kill him. (laughs) Do you see? We've got a tension going on in Scripture here. All of a sudden, we've got faith, we've got atmosphere, we've got neither. And in all three instances, we see God healing. Well, maybe what we need then is the healing ministry. Is that? Well, yes and no. Jesus' promise that you will go and do the same works. Remember uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I was saying, you know, that wonderful promise of Scripture, that you will do the same works that I was doing. That's what I said, I'll take those, let alone the greater works, because that's just wonderful. That, that's what Jesus said. So, so the promise is for us, is that actually doing these works is for all of us. But we also understand that there is a gift of healing that is given. 1 Corinthians 12, you look, you look at the gift. What's interesting as well is the gift of faith and the gift of healing aren't the same. Does that mean you can have the gift of faith without the gift of healing? Probably. Can you have the gift of healing without the gift of faith? <laughs> I'll leave that one for you, Richard. <laughs> but it, it, it lists them separately. There are nine separate in there. Do, 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 do you see what I'm saying? The, to me, there doesn't seem to be a hard and fast rule. With all of this. I'm looking at this and I think, okay, this is helpful, Lord. This is helpful. You'll see why it's really helpful in a minute. 
So there is a gift of healing that is given. There are some that will minister in a gift of healing and they will seem to have a greater measure of that gift. I'm okay with that. God, bring it on, please. You know, Lord, let's see, Adrian Holloway, here next week. One of the things God is doing through him is he's healing the sick. Lord, please just, just, just minister through him to us next week. Please do that. Look on his website. Look, look at what God is doing through him. It's not about the man, it's about Jesus. Remember I said, it's not about him. It's, it, it's about him. And Adrian gets that, but he also knows he's a vessel of God's grace. He's a channel of God's grace. And God works healing through him, which is fantastic. So I understand that. But the scriptures teach us that signs and wonders accompany the preaching of the gospel. They go before, they go after. So so we should expect it as believers. You and I can lay hands on the sick and we can see them well. It's a gift that's given for the moment. We, We can receive faith. We can receive that gift. We can, you can. Jesus' commission says, go and heal the sick. Just, just go do it. Sometimes I think, well, it's easy for you to say. <laughs> You're God. <laughs> just go do it. <laughs> but there's just this sense sometimes, isn't it? Just, just go heal the sick. You think, wow. <laughs> so, it can be there's a gift of healing that's given. Another thing, another methodology that it's kind of looked at is is actually, is it therefore then that that actually we need to come into greater understanding of of what Jesus has done? You know, has all healing been accomplished? You know, the the whole thing, Isaiah 53, it's all been accomplished at the cross. You know, by his stripes, we are healed. And some would, you know, say that. But but, is that about physical healing or is that about spiritual healing? If it's about spiritual healing, because if the two are linked, I, I, I was reading what PJ Smythe said on this. He, he went through a very difficult time. Um, uh, you, you know, cancer, thought he was going to die, and, and he walked this journey. And he said, if you link, he said, the danger for him, linking the two, physical healing and, and, and spiritual healing, is to say that actually, if therefore we start to see that physical healing not being realised because of a lack of understanding, and therefore you can and can't, then can that the same be said for spiritual healing? And if that's true, that's a scary place to be. Because spiritual healing was fully dealt with at the cross, wasn't it? But we live in the tension of the now and not yet when it comes to the physical. And and all the examples that we've seen so far point to a varied understanding. If you have a look at Acts chapter... What happened with Acts chapter 3? Acts chapter 3, you know, I mean, this is the most wonderful example of of someone who just didn't have a clue what was kind of going on and was asking for all the wrong things but got really blessed anyway. There's a guy at a gate and he's, he's got his hand out and he's asking for money. That's what he wanted. He was unwell, but he wanted money. There was no faith. There was no understanding. There was nothing there. He was sat there. He was saying, give me your money. And what happens? The disciples are there. And they, looked at, and they looked at him. And the only teaching they offered was, look at me. They didn't even say, look at Jesus. They said, look at me. So the guy looks up, expecting to get something. As the scripture. What was he expecting? Cash. He just asked for cash. And the guy said, look at me. Great, I'm going to get some cash. And the guy said, gold and silver I do not have. His heart must have sunk. 
So great, he's going to be one of these guys who goes and gets me a Big Mac. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, because that's what we would do. But, but do, do, do you know what I'm saying? You know, we've stood in queues where we've seen that money not spent properly. But, but that's okay, because we give, it's up to them what they do. We do it before God. But he was expecting to get cash. Gold and silver I do not have, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And the guy gets up and he's healed. Do you see? I can't take that. I can't take any one of those methodologies and make them fit for every example, even in Scripture, let alone what's going on in the world around me. Paul talked of a thorn in his flesh. He said to Timothy, not, not growing understanding, he said, Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach. That was the Apostle Paul. Did, We've got to be careful, because uh, otherwise what we're saying, well, what, what, what was going on? You know, Paul ought to have said, well, go and sort your theology out, Timothy. Your stomach will get better. He didn't. He said, Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach, because it's bad. Luke, this is an interesting point PJ Smythe made. He said, Luke was a physician. If it's about understanding, can you be... A medical profession, in the medical profession, and a Christian. Luke was commended for being a physician because physicians were needed <laughs> because we live in a fallen world and fallen bodies. Do you see? Another methodology we've touched on already is resisting the devil, casting out demons. Whenever people come, you know, it's just like, oh, well, you've got a demon, you know, a chew, bless you, you know, we're going to cast this out, you know, and it's just like. And I know maybe not so much in this culture, but I know other cultures. I remember talking to someone, and he said it was really difficult. He said absolutely everything he did, if he said he was feeling low that day, they, that three people gathered around him to cast out the demons. You know? And it's just like he said, he said, I'd not slept much the night before. He said that wasn't demonic. He said it was just foolishness. Sometimes, we, you know, sometimes sickness can be self-inflicted as well. Right. You know, we stay up too late and we drink all the wrong things and we eat all the, all, all the wrong things. You know, we can't turn around and then start claiming healing and go, you know... I remember sat in a meeting one time, and Dave Devonish, I, I mean, it, it was the funniest thing. This woman said, she, said um, she was looking for a really spiritual answer. She said, what do you do when you're tired all the time? And he said, you go to bed earlier. <laughs> she was so annoyed. I was laughing. I thought it was so funny. I thought, he was just taking the, the, you know, the, the super spirituality out of it. What he was saying is actually, sometimes, just be wise. You know? There was that guy, wasn't there, several years ago who climbed into the lion's den in, 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 in the zoo because he was a Christian. Because he said, well, he did it for Daniel, he'll do it for me. And, do you know what? The lion mauled him. I mean, it's a sad story, but it's, it's, the guy says, God's given us a brain, let's use it. Let's apply some common sense to these things as well. Do you know what? Faith is very, don't get me wrong. Do not get me wrong, please. We need faith. And faith means we take risks and we step out. And I, be, I, believe, I believe God that he will heal and he will continue to heal and we will continue to see people saved. And I feel we are only scratching the surface of what God is going to do in, in, in this town, on the Weald, and in East Kent. I, I am so excited about what is to come. That Don't get me wrong. But I will not get sucked into anything other than what the scriptures teach me in terms of how to go about this. So if all of these are found in the scriptures, which one's correct? That's it, I'm done. So, no, 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 sorry. <laughs> all of them? None of them? 
well, maybe we're even looking at that all wrong. I want to say this again. Firstly, we honour faith. Do you know God honours faith? We know that God honours faith. And he often rewards it. So, so, so often we can see a methodology that's working, God's blessing it. Why? Because they're full of faith. Do you know, they've got a heart for people. They've got faith for people. And God is just blessing it. And who am I, who are we to rubbish anything that God is doing? So th- this is not about that. Do, 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 do you understand? We honour what God is doing. But we draw our theology from Scripture, not from the methodology that's going on. Not from the methods. I can't stress that enough. And so often what happens is, is someone will, 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 will move, they'll minister, they'll see something, they'll see a healing that happens, they go back to the Scriptures and say, oh, that's what happened in the Scriptures. Oh, we get that, because that's nearly a story for everything, isn't there? Any example of healing, we've been able to find a, a Scripture for it. Oh, that happens, well, maybe that's the way that we do it. That's where it begins to get a little bit dangerous. Because then you say, right, well, we, we get here. Church, even we have to be careful. A century ago, there, was, there were churches being planted across Kent. And do you know what? They got into methodology. And, and, and it's done this. And it's lost its way. It can happen to anyone. Anyone. So we never rubbish anything that God is, is doing. We never rubbish anything because it's great. But... We have to go back to the word of God continually. Continually. We go back to the scriptures. We say, what does God say? And I've said this, I ignore it at my peril. You can't read part of the scriptures and draw a complete theology from it. We've seen that with healing. You go backwards and forwards through the scriptures. Actually, at any one part we could land, we could build. We could build a teaching from it. But set in the context of the whole of Scripture, actually, we've got a completely different teaching. Do do, do you see? Some would say, we've almost contradicted yourself with some of the things. No, because there's a bigger thing going on here. And if sometimes it gets confusing, that's okay. God is God. He knows what he's doing. He's big. We've touched on that already. If I can't get my head around it, do, do, do you know? I can't explain what happened last week. I'm not going to attempt to. So thank you, God. You're wonderful. That's tremendous. We take it. Thank you very much. All of these work because God had chosen to bless them, not because the method was the answer. God is. God heals. God heals. And most often, he chooses to work that healing out through others, you and I, but not always. So our response to all of this is what? Not to look to a method but to look to Jesus. We should keep in step with the Spirit, be sensitive to his leading. That was Jesus' model, wasn't it? Actually, what Jesus did, you know, he said, this one comes out by prayer, or prayer and fasting. He, he, had a, he, he was intimate with the Father. He had a life that was hid in the Father. He only did what he saw his Father in. That's what he is teaching. We want to see more healing, we need to press more into him. That's what we need to do. The closer we get to Jesus, the more we'll see things happen. Because we'll be more sensitive to what he is doing in a given and a particular situation. Do, 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 do you see? So Jesus, that's what Jesus is teaching us. It's not about the method. It's about the life that you have. It's about who you follow. 
It can happen anywhere. You could be in a hostile environment on a Saturday night doing street passes down the town. Someone can have a withered hand. People can be sceptical. People can not be believing. But do you know what? You can say, stretch out your hand. You'll be healed if Jesus says to. Just as much as someone can be healed here this very morning. And if we get that, we understand that. What we begin to do is take healing from this place and out into the world around us that so desperately needs healing. We need to have a life hid in him. Cover that gift of healing. Be open to what he may do. And then he can do great things through us. When I'm praying for the sick, sometimes I get a word of knowledge. Sometimes I get a, really, I get a pain in a part of my body. That's the one I don't like, if I'm honest, because I start to feel the pain. And, but, but I've seen God do some wonderful things. So I say, okay, Lord, over to you. Come in here. And this morning... Uh, really bad stomach pains. And I thought, oh, I've got a stomach ache. And then I felt God say, they're not yours. And when I felt God speak, they went. There's someone here, you've been struggling with pains in your stomach. I sense it's long term. It's a deep pain. God wants to minister to you this morning. And if that's you, I'd like to pray with you afterwards. Sometimes just pray generally. Sometimes respond to whatever is presented before me. I remember talking to one guy, he said, I can't work. He said, because I'm sick. So, okay, well, okay, Lord, what do I do? Well, I'll just pray for you to get well. It's just, maybe, maybe it's just too common sense, but That's what I did. (laughs) And then I rejoiced because it happens and that's really good. God is God. He is the one who heals and he can use whatever method he chooses. Exodus 15, 26, I am the God that healeth thee. Can I say this? It is all about grace. One final thing. Are we all right just for two minutes? Are we okay still? Yeah, okay. Took longer than I thought we would. (laughs) Big subject. Um, What happens if you're not healed? Philippians 3 verse 10 said this, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. God is glorified in our healing, yes. But God can also be glorified in our suffering. I would say some of the greatest heroes of faith to me are those, and some of the greatest testimonies I've heard, are of those who are persevering and who are enduring, and those who are knowing what it is to press into him in spite of all that's going on around them. You know the story of the three guys in the fire, and then they see the fourth, and it was Jesus. You know, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the flame, it's all licking around us. If Jesus is right with us, that's a good place to be, actually. It may hurt. We had some friends of ours I may have told this story before, many years ago, who had a child born at exactly the same time as, as our child, Eben. And it, our son was born healthy. He was born with a hole in the heart. For five months as a church, we contended for healing. On the fifth month, he was discharged from hospital. We rejoiced. We thought it was great. He was still unwell, but he was well enough to go home. Three months later, there was a phone 
It was a call on my answer machine. I got home. It was four hours after they made the call. He's been rushed to hospital. By the time I'd rung, he'd passed away. Eight months old. I'm going, why God? I don't understand this. What was even worse was ten days later I was down to speak on suffering on the Sunday morning. And the mum was there. At her funeral, we didn't go to her. Well, you went, I didn't go because we kept our boy at home. We thought that would be insensitive. Pam was saying one of the things that she, she was just amazed at was this lady said, we celebrate the eight months that God has given us with him, not what we haven't had. The strength that she found in Jesus during that time and how they walked through that time was phenomenal. That witnessed to me far more than some of the healings that we have seen and we've been privileged to be a part of. Luke 22, Satan, Jesus said, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. And he goes on to say, so I pray for you, Peter, that in the time of overcoming, you may encourage others also. You know, the things that we are walking through, that the challenges that we go through, you know, God allows those in our lives. Sometimes he allows it in order that which you know, Pam and I minister to people not out of some sense of, hey, we understand it all. We minister out of what we've walked through. When we minister to people in their marriages, it's because of what we've walked through in our marriage and still walking through in our marriage. Did, did, did you understand? The same applies to kids, to teens, to grief, to going all these things, to sickness. You know, we walk through some really difficult things sometimes. We do. But Jesus' promise is to be with us always. I don't run out looking for suffering, therefore, to say, well, Jesus, I'll know you more. And say, you know, that, 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 that's misapplying it. I thank God when I'm well. I thank God when I'm unwell. Because he is with me. So I pray for people's healing and I will not cease. I will not look to anything or anyone other than God for healing, even in the midst of the trial.